Hello, future TJ, Jonathan, and Sarah, and welcome back to Herb Garden Watering Can, where this time, for real, we're actually discussing... (laughs) 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 um, Yes, Uh, so... um, I forgot what else goes into the intro, but... We know what we need to know. Moving we on. already know this. We're, we've been here, done that a few times around the block, you know, just ready to discuss before sunrise. You know the yeah. format. You know, <laughs> everyone, uh, when you see this symbol flash on the screen, put on your <laughs> heteronormativity goggles. <laughs> we are here for before sunrise. <laughs> If only you could get the, rid of those at the end of the uh, the ride. Yeah, huh? <laughs> the, the I took mine off after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is very hetero. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which isn't inherently a bad thing. Well, I'm... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Rock that <Well>, one. <laughs> I think it's just funny because it's like... The first, like, because, like, every time they talk about a couple, it's always a heterosexual couple. Always. Always. And I don't think I ever noticed that. <laughs> but, like, the first time I watched it. But, like, it was just, like, painfully, like, noticeable. It's, like, they never once even, like, bring up as, like, it, which I think is kind of interesting. Like, not even, like, oh, like, women would be so much happier if they were all with women or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's always just, like. That's never an alternative. It's all, No, yeah. never. <laughs> Yeah, it's just all heads all the time. All the time, and I guess for them, that must be what it's like, right? I, I don't know. Could <laughs> okay. not be me. No, definitely not. There are a lot of things I'm gonna have to refrain from saying. This is my okay. Obviously, this is TJ's first time seeing it. Sarah, you've seen it once. Yes, this I have. is now also my second time seeing it, and now I've seen. Have you seen all the the other two? I have not. Okay. <laughs> the amount of things that I, I just went over my head as far as like that are set up in this one is just crazy that I mm. like having seen the other two and coming back to this for the first time. Really, really wild. Um, so I guess to start, why is this on the list? Do you want to go first, Sarah? Yeah, I'll go first. I think, obviously, I think the way they communicate to each other is very, it's, it's similar, it's very, like, it's not new in a sense of, like, that's how a lot of people talk in real life, but it's new in a sense of, like, that's not really how cinema Mm -hmm. captures Mm -hmm. conversation. So I think it's an interesting take on how people communicate with each other. Also, I think... Um, yeah, like when you, Jonathan, when you were saying like, oh, like they didn't like do one cutaway the whole time. I think like, obviously like it's the way that it's shot is very, not that like movies with lots of cuts are intent, unintentional, but like obviously like a lot of thought and care went into each shot. And like, I think it's something that like. I am slowly starting to pick up on as I watch more movies because it's not just like, ah, entertainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think with this one, it's also really easy just to get lost in their conversations that like you don't 
really pay attention to like technically what's happening but I think like and I didn't really do it this time but I think a little more than I did the first time but like that there are a lot to there's a lot to learn from the way that it was shot isn't that kind of crazy though as I know I feel like I've said this about a lot of what we've seen now but um just the fact that something as simple as people talking to one another it, it is gripping and like you are l- intently listening the whole time even though it's like nothing really is happening except for them talking mm-hmm. it's it's kind of wild okay yeah no i agree i think that's a lot of it um in terms of why it's here it's sort of we talked about the idea of like a long shot and not cutting away with um masculine feminine but i feel like here instead of it being like the um the uniqueness of the discomfort that you're catching it's sort of like catching this this chemistry which i feel like here a lot of it is really the dialogue the dialogue is absolutely incredible and i feel like that's what makes it's not the only thing that makes these long shots so exciting a lot of them visually are like you know like we said very intentional but even not to say like if they weren't intentional it would still play but that intention only serves like this really strong underlying dialogue that is served by i think the the chemistry of the actors which Mm -hmm. You know, I often, and <laughs> I wouldn't say I often ask, but in these last like couple movies we've watched, I keep asking myself like, would the chemistry still be as palpable if they weren't both attractive? Like, is my brain just like, oh, two attractive people, they must be in love? But I think that here you're getting a lot of this exchange of eye contact, like whether it's shared eye contact or like lack of or this trade-off that's just so repeatedly used in this movie and works so mm-hmm. well. I think that that just like adds on to a script that's already so interesting definitely there the casting process i was reading was really long um just because that was so integral um to like when you're literally just listening to two people talk for the whole time like that has to be such a key part of what it is and i think um i think the difference between this and herb garden is you're watching two characters who are strangers get to know one another rather than like with us you're jumping in when things have already been established you know what i mean Mm. like it's not like you the audience is getting to know all the characters but all the characters already know each other um Mm. and you both touched on this so i'm gonna jump right to this i had this written down to say or ask later but since you both Mm. brought it up as far as long shots, I I wonder uh, what it is that makes certain moments um, not even necessarily more important, but why why and this is a genuine question. It's not like a like why do why do we <laughs> think that blah blah but like <laughs> why why let certain moments play out in full? as opposed to other, like that whole bus scene is just, it, it's really crazy when you think about it and you get to the end of it and you're like, wow, they were talking that whole time as actors and like, they're just on the way. I don't know. It's just fascinating to me, but why let something like that play out as opposed to a handful of the other conversations that are cut between that could have just as easily been these really long takes I think um I think because like it's so early on in there I mean like they obviously had had that conversation on the train but I think it's kind of sets up for their whole dynamic for the rest of the thing that like 
um what's her name <laughs> something like something with a c i was like claire <laughs> no celine she's um, so cute she is the so gorgeous mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just like and her little i love her dress i don't mm-hmm. i don't really like the bottom part with like the i just wish it was the brown sure. but anyways um <laughs> but that like she is so willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. at the like like she, was ready to just like tell him like his sexual her first sexual encounter mm-hmm. um and that jesse is like he can get there that he could be this one but obviously like it's more of like a pull like pulling at his teeth kind of thing and i think it also sets like that although he's not being vulnerable like verbally or emotionally like he's already putting his arm around her like mm-hmm. he's very physically vulnerable and it kind of sets up their dynamic whereas like because also makes you think of like another long shot of like in baby driver like the opening scene Mm -hmm. when he's running going to get the coffee sorry (laughs) that like but like oh my god he got the coffee i can't believe you told him that (laughs) uh but like that it it a long shot at the beginning at in these two instances are like kind of world building in a sense because like the baby driver one sets it up for like ah everything is to the music and like you can see he's hiding from the cops and like um so i think that at least that's why i think there are a few other ones but i don't think there are ones that were as long as the bus or noticeable yeah for sure yeah where it's like that one yeah that's what i would say I think the bus in particular is one where that the long shot is so, like, I associate it so directly with mm-hmm. intimacy or, like, creating that idea of intimacy. Um, and I feel like, although a lot of the scenes are very intimate and very, like, romantic and whatnot, most of them are scenes where, like, you're learning more or, like, it's moving the plot along because you're learning, like, newer things about the characters, which I guess you are here, too. Well, yeah, it's literally, but, like, like a question and answer. There. Like, that's the only time that they... <laughs> Not that well, I mean, yeah, that might be the only time where they're literally like, okay, let's literally like they flat out say, let's ask each other questions. Yeah. But that scene I feel like is more about like digging deeper on what that moment yeah. already is, rather the questions that they ask in other times sort of are pertaining to what decision are we about to make? Like what are mm-hmm. we going to do? What is the stake gonna look like? But right then and there, it's only about digging in on like who each of them is. I guess I would say in that moment, even though they're talking about the past, it's like what mm-hmm. informs. How has yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Um, I think to kind of go back on what you were saying, Sarah, about um, her and how open she is, and I mean, I wrote this down. I think of him as being like he clearly as a man. It's like. (laughs) <laughs> he's he's sensitive he as a, generally speaking and i think both of them are very sensitive i think it's really interesting the propensity that men straight men i guess have to be more openly sensitive when they're alone with women um ding 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 and i've always found that to be super super weird and i don't I don't, I, I mean, 
it, we don't have to get into the psychology behind that, but I just find that so interesting <laughs> how um, I, I think she more than him is so clearly like intelligent and well-read and she knows about art and the world and uh, culture and all of these things, which is joked about at the beginning because he's American and this and that. And I, it's obviously not as simple as that, but she clearly comes from a place of um, depth as far as her knowledge goes. And I feel like whenever he speaks or shares his opinion, it's just based on like his feeling and she's always like, oh, well, this, let me throw out this fact and this study and this. And it's, it's just interesting how, how those kind of play off of one another. Um, okay. What were your guys' feelings going into it? I guess, TJ, with your, your first time watching this and then mm-hmm. Sarah having seen it, what were you thinking going in a second time? like as in like initial reaction at the end or like what was just before you got I I guess if you want to start contrasting but I just have it written down at the beginning here to to kind of before we like heavily go in like what were you what were you thinking feeling expectations pre having seen I don't think I had a lot of huge expectations because I'm not um super familiar with the trilogy of it Another one that's literally like, this is so big. <laughs> You've never heard of it. <laughs> so no real expectations. Um, excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it a lot. But um, expectation, I can't say I have. We'll scratch that then, I guess. Sorry to all the twitchies. I because like mm. I was really excited to watch it again because yeah. I remember the first time I watched it. I think it was also very early in my like time watching movies era. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know. Also, like I feel like I found out from you, Jonathan, that there were others in the series. I thought it was just this one. Um, and I was like, "You mean they do me mm. again?" Yeah, um, shocker. Sorry, TJ. Shock. Um, the other two movies but, are actually just their separate lives and they never meet again. <laughs> but, like, I was really excited to watch it again. But it's also, like, obviously, I think Ethan Hawke is a, a cutie. Very your brain. But, like, I think <laughs> I was, like, the first time I watched it, like, obviously, I'm like, yeah, he's he's a little annoying. But, like, the second time, I, I'm like, he is really annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he's so... And, like, I obviously, I think it makes a lot more sense in the context of, like, he literally just went through a breakup. Mm-hmm. And he's probably trying to, like, assert some kind of dominance onto her of, like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm, you know, like, and to prove to himself, like, I still have it sure. or whatever. I think that makes a lot more sense when you put that together. But it's also, like, he is really insecure. Yeah. And she calls him out on it so many times. And, like, I just, like... Rooster prick. The rooster prick. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, because it wasn't about you. And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, she really goes after him. And, like, I think it's really interesting because, like, he takes it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't never really gets like I feel like not to be like 
this Ethan Hawke character is different. But, like, a lot of men, <laughs> I feel like, would react a lot poor, mm-hmm. poor, more poorly. More poor. More poorly. More poor. <laughs> Whatever the freaking yeah. radical <laughs> thing is. But he... I don't know if it's because, like, he really has, like, a romantic connection with her, if he really is sort of different, and he kind of gets it, or he doesn't mind the self-reflection at this point in his life. Interesting. And I think it's, like, it's super easy, and because, like, I feel like I felt fell into the trap of, like, oh, he's so whatever, but now I'm, like, he's mm-hmm. kind of, not that he isn't, like, he's still, like, I feel like he does still have, like, an yeah. appeal, and, like, a charm to him but i'm like he's fucking yeah. annoying <laughs> no definitely i think that stood out to me a lot more on a rewatch and um i guess before i say anything tell me how how uh i would assume at least sarah you would like you probably plan on watching the other two at some point yes and tj i've added these to the or brought an extension list <laughs> extended if you edition. are yes. interested in continuing. So tell me now if I shouldn't oh, say I'd anything about the other two. You are welcome to say it for the sake of discussion. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Not that what I'm about to say had to do with that, but just for the future as it, just for how much I need to censor myself. Um, no, I think clearly he is, is, has some charm to him. And that's why it works in the way that it does, that they would get along in the way that they do. And there's a rapport. He's not so stupid. He clearly, yes, just getting out of something, there's a, a, a level of cynicism that I think plays into why he is as annoying as he is. Because all of the things that I feel like, at least that she calls out, have to do with his cynicism and he's just so quick to um like with the fortune teller and with the the poet and all of these things that i feel like are more based in emotion or things that i feel like people artistically can write off and be like oh blah 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 like that's that's a load of hooey that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo this and that mm-hmm. <laughs> like to be like oh that's crap but then go on their sort of tirade of their own philosophy and it's like that's it's the same thing it's just from your perspective and so I think that is um I don't know the way the way that the other two movies uh expand on and delve into that where like these offhand little bouts of cynicism that are like oh he just like he he's it's not even quirks but it's like oh these little they have so many conversations about behaviors that that will age and that uh god only knows where they'll be you know how many years from now you know what i mean so i just i don't know i just find that really interesting i'll stop there um okay (laughs) we sort of started to touch on this but um yeah, Sarah, I feel like you brought it up first where you started talking about how this time now that you've seen it after having just kind of taken it in a first time and you were talking about um, 
I don't want to say surface level, but I know the first time I watched it, it was like, okay, I get why people like this. It's good. Um, all of these conversations are things that like every, I, I think it's one of the, a movie that anyone can find anything in because it's like, who hasn't had hopefully at least conversations like this before to some extent, <laughs> um, like it's general topics. It's just talking about life. Um, but from a, a filmmaking level, I guess, did you think differently about um, uh, the way it was filmed on this watch? Um, yeah, I think there are, there are bits and pieces where I picked up because I think, like, I did get sucked back into, like, their, like, just, like, the very, like, what are they talking mm-hmm. about? But I think there are, like, two in particular, the bus scene and then the scene where they're listening to the music. Classic. I think also because in the time between the two watches, I had, I can't remember what the story was, but, like, I had read something about, like, them filming that scene. I've seen it somewhere like on Tumblr or Twitter or something about like, I can't even remember exactly what like the anecdote was, but like that it was just like, it was very like, not that there's any two scripts since they don't say anything, but like the, every, like the the fleeting glances and stuff was very like just natural. Mm -hmm. And then I think they did like, they played off a lot of like their attraction to each other, like as people. Um, But also, there are some things like, like obviously, if like it's a if it's about a movie that's about takes place in twenty four ish hours, there's a lot of dead space. But like, I feel like the actors at the beginning are such a, like they don't add anything to the story because like they don't even <laughs> they never bring them up again until the end until they say oh we forgot mm-hmm. about the actors. So it's like I don't I'm not quite sure. Because I feel like it, they didn't have to meet them. Like uh-huh. they could have just started on the bus. Well, I think that is there to uh, just emphasize, like how they were so in love that, like, they forgot about <laughs> the play. I guess, but <laughs> I don't know. They got carried but away. I think that was very herb garden. I think it's just because, like, they're mm-hmm. they were just so specific. Yeah, kind of like. Oh, haha! Why can't you speak German? Haha! I play a cow in a movie about communism in mm-hmm. America, and and then to be like, and then just never bring them up again until the very end. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I feel like everyone they meet serves a purpose to propel. Um, like yes. none of it seemed. Um, I don't want to say disposable because everyone they came across was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved it, actually. Or <laughs> I specifically wrote down, I was like, the German play people were so, like, <laughs> HD ensemble. Like, it's very much like the poetry night. Or, like, Tiny Tony is a little bit more important. Or, like, pretty significant, <laughs> I feel like, in our hearts. But um, <laughs> I think episode one in particular does this really, like, funky thing of, like, all these ensemble members that we meet mm-hmm. and, like, don't intend to pay attention to have such, like, a, <laughs> a very specific, like, one-off moment. And then we don't... I feel it. like that's... Not, I mean, they don't, okay. The people that they do meet don't feel like they don't exist outside of that. You know what I mean? Where it's not 
there's always kind of mm-hmm. stuff going on around them. And it in the same way that mm-hmm. I don't remember if we were talking about in masculine feminine, where it's like, there's always, it was that. Yeah. It feels so real because mm-hmm. there's people in the cafe that just happen to be doing stuff and the stories kind of intermingle, even if like the importance isn't placed on the side stories, like it's still, they're not just randoms, you know what I mean? And I feel like with mm-hmm. someone like a tiny Tony, like there is clear backstory there. And like the, this person exists outside <laughs> of their interaction with their, the characters they interact with. Yes. And I think that's really important. I mean, I guess a question I can ask as far as um, in this category of like, camera work and the visuals of the movie like it looks really nice it's very simple but does is that is there a takeaway for you I guess from the way it looked or the way it was filmed not to be like um it, it wasn't simple I think it just wasn't as heavily stylized as a lot of the stuff we've seen so far without feeling as like kind of not thrown away, but in the way that, like, Landline felt like it, it missed a lot of opportunities in terms of filmmaking. This felt less stylized than, like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, Wes Anderson and, like, Girls Sleep and whatnot, but still felt, um, like, it, it had intention without, not that the styles are distractions, but, like, it really said, like, just let this, the, the chemistry and the dialogue, like, mm-hmm. carry, and let me emphasize this without being, um, it, like, served it rather than, like, mm-hmm. building up upon it if yeah. that makes sense no it's very minimal I think I don't know I, I stand by uh using the word simple like the the camera movements it, it it's not flashy it's not um it's not it's not poor like it's not um does yeah. that make sense it's not like they didn't put thought into it it's not like someone it doesn't feel like whoever is behind the camera is inexperienced in what they're doing you know what I mean like it's clearly not just like okay we'll just film you talking like another thing I think that aids that as I mentioned is the European setting where it's like you can look at um, I don't know where does landline play take place like Chicago or something um is it New York Disney Hmm. I think it's well um just some like some city and it's like okay (laughs) Like you, I don't know. There's something about looking at America that feels cheaper. <laughs> or less interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Well, it's also like, obviously, like, America is a lot. I don't even know. I, was, I don't want to say like younger yeah, of a country history. because there were people here, but like, there's this like, there were less, or there was just different emphasis emphases <laughs> on architecture yeah. and stuff. And it's like I've been thinking about this a lot recently, actually. But like, like the people who came in, like colonized, like left Europe because it was too flashy. Mm-hmm. Big. I mean, if you think about like in the terms of the church, um, but like essentially they came over because it was it was too extra yeah. for them, and they came <laughs> to America, and now, yeah, you know. So I think it's, but obviously like, yeah, like Vienna's freaking beautiful. And like, so it's like, 
there's a lot I don't want to say less to like but it's just like it a lot less um like they can just get away with like a lot more a scene on a train in Austria plays very differently than a scene on the Amtrak yes (laughs) yes and it's also like if you think about the way like America like America doesn't care about the train systems anymore so whereas like people today will still buy like euro passes like that and just travel like that where it's like just different like priorities and emphasis on different things in different countries yeah and they comment on that in the movie like with the americans always commenting Mm -hmm. on service i think it's just one of those things where like the value is on like me now this versus like a value on like whether it's quite literally architecture or the idea of like a cultural history you know for better or for worse you know depending on whether that leans um beautiful and appreciative or xenophobic <laughs> um i think that there's like a a visual that matches the values in the sense of um we value or we quote unquote uh, america as a whole values efficiency and profit not that europe doesn't also value those things um but I think that in our buildings, it's... Yeah, we, I simple. guess, generally speaking, run at different speeds. I feel like that's always spoken about when um, talking about cultural differences in in America versus Europe specifically. Um, and I guess, I mean, the whole movie is talking about there are so many comments on cultural differences and... Um, I don't know, just to jump into the writing of it, like, it's, how can I segue this? Um, (laughs) (laughs) There aren't a ton of, like, long, long, long conversations in Herb Garden, just because of the nature of it. and to the fact that there are more than just two characters and the point of mm-hmm. Before Sunrise is beyond, not beyond, but it's like a, a, clearly they're going into it with a different intent and that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with, uh, to jump back actually, Landline takes place in the 90s too and it's funny to see 90s America there and then 90s um, Europe here. Anyway, <laughs> um, but what was I just saying? We were talking about um, the writing of it. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't remember what specifically. Anyway, it, it, mm-hmm. oh, I remember what I was going to say. Okay. With masculine feminine talking about how um, we talked a lot, I feel about the sort of question and answer format of getting to know a person and that is so integral to both of these and I don't know if that um if that really plays into herb garden in the same way but just as far as dialogue goes I don't know it's so specific here and so conversational I was reading um, about how Richard Linklater uh, specifically did not feel confident in his ability to 
write this alone and felt like with just his like male voice it would be wrong to do so he specifically like Mm -hmm. sought out a female co-writer which I thought was really cool and responsible Mm -hmm. of him um to whatever degree that (laughs) director writers right (laughs) um no I don't know I think his the way all of his stuff deals with time which is so like this is so talked about all the time but um with boyhood how that's literally like one of the most to me at least I know people think it's stupid but like I love boyhood to film something over 12 years continuously is one of the most insane things to me and the fact that this is filmed and then nine years later they do another one and then nine years later they did another one um is really wild to me and who knows if they'll do another one it's coming up in what two years it'll be another nine years so maybe we're getting before twilight i don't know Um, (laughs) how many more times a day can there be sunrise sunset (laughs) 3 p.m we got it before going out (laughs) dust um but there's just so much talk about time Uh and we've been talking so much about legacy in general and the idea of being remembered and how much importance should we place on that and if it matters and Mm -hmm. I I mean that's what so many of these conversations are about I guess to start yeah, sorry, at the end, that was and work our way back ones. to like the first topic. You we're mentioned. in, we're in the writing. Uh, I think I can bring it all together. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that like the correlation to Urban, like the closest equivalent, I think, in terms of these types yeah. of conversations, would be the stargazing scenes, because those feel like the kind of circular back and forth sort of things. And even though the stargazing scenes are very much led and motivated for the most part by, I think, Russ's personal journey and goals, there is like a an exchange there or like mm-hmm. a longer form conversation that focuses really on the two individuals. And I think that would be the closest comparison where we really want to see intimacy and vulnerability from both of those characters. Um, although here the focus isn't necessarily on their relationship, but the existence of the conversation is such great evidence for yes. that relationship itself. And I think that in terms of bringing that back to the idea of writing the script um, with both a man and a woman, as well as I think visually you see that in the sense that in comparison to masculine and feminine, we see both of these characters in this interrogation format. We see both the question and the answer um, and their opposing reactions at the same time versus the like single person or single it's subject not shots as, of masculine It feels feminine. less oppressive. Like there's more equality here where, where she's Yeah, they both seem like herself. pretty yeah. level. Yes. I would say also I think it's really interesting also like just seeing Duck Butter. I know like you two haven't seen it, but it's also kind of a similar concept of like this Duck Butter is a little bit more intentional, but they say like let's spend the next 24 hours together to like and like with the intention of starting a Mm -hmm. relationship. So I think the intentions are a bit different, but they literally spend 24 hours and they like they stay up all night. I assume in before sunrise they go to bed. At, like I assume they sleep in the park. I don't know, but it's like very intentional. That they stay up 24 hours and they get to know that each too. Other. We don't know if they ever had sex. We don't know like what happens during that. Whole time. Yeah. Um, and I think the other part of the deal in duck butter is that they have sex every oh, hour. Fun. <laughs> but um, 
and it goes horribly wrong. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, it does not end up well for them. But it's also so interesting, it's like, people go away. because of, like, <laughs> when, like, it, they also have, like, so much more, it, it's weird, because, like, obviously, like, it takes place in less time than Herb Garden, but because they're in one area in such a sustained amount of time, they have so much more opportunity for a conversation to go on longer, whereas, like, the arc of Herb Garden is, and I think, kind of, like, the beauty, and is like, there's lots of these little nuggets of scenarios that kind of capture that essence of they've been talking mm-hmm. for hours but you just get like one little glimpse yeah. of it which i think is really special but it's like that we can take because it it's everyone to me feels like we walked in the middle of the bus scene and then like left and saw them mm-hmm. somewhere else um <laughs> but it's also like i think it's interesting about like the woman or, like bringing in like the female writer and i noticed her when they said like written by mm-hmm. i didn't realize that it was written by two people but i think it's so interesting it it seems so like everything that she talks celine talks about seems so like second or i think it's third wave feminism like very like 90s mm-hmm. feminism i think is so mm-hmm. funny um <laughs> That I think Landline kind of talks about too, but because like obviously this was like written in that time period, it's so much mm-hmm. more apparent. Or that it just also is more natural that she would talk like that because like the writer was yeah. living that. But the thing that she says, I think are so like the thing the the things that came out this time was like that Jesse's annoying and that Celine is just so emotionally intelligent and just like intelligent to begin with that like and a lot of problems that like women I feel like still do like when she says like I want to be this woman who says fuck men or like you know that like I don't need them but then at the end of the day like I find a lot of pride or like I find a lot of joy in loving and being Mm -hmm. loved and I was just like (laughs) just so like, (laughs) like that is it and I think that, like, I don't think, unfortunately, that could never have come from a straight man of, like, because, and, like, Jesse says, like, or, like, kind of leads up, like, that he probably thinks of her as, like, that she's just, like, that's very black and white, that, like, she either hates men or, like, doesn't trust them, despises them, whatever adjective you want to use. And that, like, it's kind of a reluctance that she's attracted to them. Yeah. But, like, obviously, it's a lot more complicated than that. And I don't think you would have gotten that out of, like, Richie's writing. Totally. You know, no. like... So much new and that it brings. That they both together. So, I... Yeah, that the combination of them together, I, it's really beautiful. I think it was really... It also just seems so, like... Obviously, I didn't write it, so it's not rewarding to me. But, like, <laughs> rewarding as a reader to know that, like, that these two people you know, like, came together and created discussions so, like, nuanced and, like, yeah. that still feel, like, real to people. Totally. Today. Apparently, uh, um, two things. One, um, I think the, the, this is another thing that it's, like, tired to say at this point, but the tying of, of, <laughs> um, the relating to relate any sort of emotion or sensitivity or like ideas of of nurturing, loving, wanting to be loved, all of those things to to 
relate those to femininity like is such a part of the problem um because that so goes beyond being a woman and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the biggest issues i guess where she's like i and i guess kind of talking about third wave feminism where it's like it's so constricting in that sense where it's like you can be both of those things because they aren't inherent to femininity but it's mm-hmm. it's in in it's society been culture yes exactly where it's like those are it's been socialized yeah, to be a woman's feminine traits i don't know mm-hmm. they should be they should be human traits <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, I think that makes it more interesting. Sure. Though. Like, um, in terms of, or like, no, not the gender thing, but like her reaction. Yeah. I think, or especially when he first got really like butthurt about the palm reader, it was like one of those things where I was surprised where it wasn't an immediate turnoff for somebody who seems so emotionally yeah. intelligent. And I think that it is that level of emotional intelligence that allows her to like see somebody's flaws, um, and be hyper aware of like the reason for them in a way that still allows her to like choose to be. Um, somebody who can enjoy the mm-hmm. charm without being um, accepting or like approving of this behavior, which I think is a de- a very interesting level. Because like part of me wants to be like, oh, that sucks. Like, don't put up with that, and she doesn't. But like, she can still choose to like continue enjoy. the relationship and yeah. enjoy her time. Like, I don't think she ever. Or it never really seems like she's like having a bad time. No. <laughs> which is okay. And when she is upset, she says it, and they talk about it, and yeah it continues and I think the the conversation in the booth that they're in when they're pretending to make the phone call to the other person is such an interesting Mm -hmm. idea and like specifically as like in writing characters like to to reveal things to one another in a way that is is both so honest and so behind some mask at the same time i don't know i found that super super interesting um the i wanted to say also as i was reading the script apparently was written in like 11 days they did it really really quickly and apparently once um ethan hawk and julie i always like don't know how to pronounce her name do julie like delpy or something i don't know (laughs) Forgive me, Julie. Um, I wouldn't know either. Came in and like rewrote a lot of it because she was saying that the conversations were there, but there was no like romance. Like the romance was not there, and I think that's so like fascinating because it feels really improvised. It feels really natural. So I don't know how much I don't know how certain scenes could be so written out in the way that they are. And I mean, I didn't get too far into finding that out but I think the like interesting thing is like also as like an actor is like to get to a point of like they either know those lines like the back of their hands or it's a lot of it is improvised no, but it's also because yeah. it's like I, at least personally for me I'm not the best improver I get really nervous about what I could possibly say that it freezes me up but that like the fact that like it's it's just like wow acting like they yeah. really are like 
it just like because there's <laughs> no like it just seems like you're literally like like you're eavesdropping mm-hmm. like the the way that their sentences flow the way that like they build off of each other it just it seems outrageous to me that it could be memorized because like they're not even thinking it's so like they're as actors they're so mm-hmm. in the moment that it's like they're not even that they know what they're going to say next because like it's just a stream totally. of consciousness and it's wild um, you just said something that triggered a thought but i forget what you said that triggered it um but the there's a handful of scenes that show other characters talking when you said eavesdropping when you said eavesdropping it's like eavesdropping we see other people like Mm. the first couple on the train that literally starts off the tone of the movie and the whole like these ideas of um the lack of um love is finite I guess it's like the the moral I feel like that is coming about but everything is finite I think is kind of what is talked about and that's like one of the main things but as far as eavesdropping goes we see that couple we see that same scene in the booth I think it is where it's like you see that guy being like I never get this service in New York and you see other (laughs) other couples who mirror Jesse and Celine and you see people speaking in other languages and it's just I think what's so interesting about the writing and and this sort of style is how universal it is and how it never as much as it is their story I feel like that is a point to make that it's it's everyone like everyone there is living their own like story yeah and it's I don't know that's just so it's weird like when you're watching them and being like um the scene right before the fortune teller walks up and he's like can I tell you a secret and then he kisses her and it's so like to me that was so cringy because I as like (laughs) working as a waiter like (laughs) To have to witness that kind of like PDA is so miserable. Um, and as much as I'm sure, like for them, they're like, oh, this is such a nice romantic moment. Only the two of us exist in this whole world. It's like, that's just not the case. <laughs> it's just not. And I think that's such a like weird dynamic where like in that headspace you feel like the only two people in the whole world and that's also talked about I don't know it's it, it's um it feels so many like, webs it's like the movie is about like Vienna and like the people in it but that like they just happen to pick uh-huh. those two yeah people so they're just on the train and they happen to follow them they could have followed any of the people on the train and some mm-hmm. story would have taken place yeah I find that so compelling it could be any of us that's very much the like fake movie idea or fake tv show idea uh-huh. that he throws up in the first like a lot of little sorts like uh, the flags huh yeah <laughs> yeah um something else that was brought up earlier about how herb garden is the 
you walk in in the middle of the bus conversation, which I mean, you, you do there too, but in a different way. But like, that is something that I feel like I love where the whole movie is one conversation and it's just going on for so long. And that's kind of all anything is, I guess. But I think that's one big takeaway that I hope comes from this viewing specifically that is like um, from scene to scene any conversation can happen anywhere not to say that it should but (laughs) the fact that that is a possibility (laughs) and at the same time intent can be placed on where a conversation is happening and why it's happening there and what is more suited to be happening here versus there but it's like so many of the conversations that happen in herb garden are uh, circular is the buzzword of (laughs) the moment (laughs) but like (laughs) um i don't know to to have these continuous things that start here and then something else happens and then it continues here and then something else happens and then it continues there i don't know Mm -hmm. that is something that I just love. I love a theme for sure. What do you mean? Like just recurring themes in general. I feel like it makes you appreciate everything more. And then once you find one, it makes you pay attention more and get more out of it overall. I mean, like if it's been put there, you know, which I know for this, it has been. (laughs) Unfortunately, I know so many things that will just be in the script that we all have like discussed, you know, thoroughly people are likely not to pick up on but I think the moment that you notice the first thing you'll be looking for the next one and that'll make it so much more rewarding but I think that's another thing it's like the I don't remember if I said this one of the times that we've had this conversation but I feel like I've said it before where anytime I feel like I make something that is so like hyper specific to me in the context that I mean it whether or not it's taken in that context that seems to be the thing that people relate to so heavily where it's not necessarily like Mm. my intended um uh like my intention is not necessarily that people relate to this thing specifically but when I am so specific that seems to be the thing that compels so I don't know I just Mm. to counter your comment on that where people might not necessarily get it but that that might end up being the thing that they get the most i think like in terms of that and in terms of like the movies that like if you like at the end of the day it's kind of shocking how similar and like universal certain experiences are or like that um how i don't want to say how easy it is to feel seen because like there sometimes you feel like you'll never be understood or something but that the fact that like at the end of the day like to some degree everyone has kind of experienced you know long phone conversations or like talks about being afraid to be a husband or a dad that like that although like there's so much like obviously I've never been to Vienna (laughs) like I've never spoken to you to talk (laughs) in my life but there are so many like There are so many like mirroring <laughs> images and it's like that it can be really unifying yeah. 
and also a little kind of scary of like because I think of like like the first time I saw Lady Bird and it's like Greta Gerwig probably created this as like this is so meant for me or like you know this is you know it's semi somewhat autobiographical but then to like have some I don't even know how old I was at the time like a 19 year old 20 year old um like in uh Camarillo watch mm-hmm. it and be like I like it's just crazy that like how many things that we think could yeah be. not that we're not special but that like there's so much shared um concepts ideas experiences amongst people who we don't have any relationship completely well that's the thing where it's like any you we could have followed any of those conversations in that cafe because there are so many universal experiences that feel that make us both so such individuals and also such uh cogs (laughs) (laughs) we could have said united (laughs) i I could have said that yes i could have (laughs) definitely could have was physically Mm -hmm. possible (laughs) unfortunately not one of the bubbles that i decided to reach for (laughs) yes yes i don't know that's the thing where it's like it's it's there are seven billion people now that the 90s what did he leave off on or it's mm-hmm. like that's how many people we have now how many how many what else can be experienced mm. I guess, <laughs> technically <laughs> it's weird um okay the question that i have in this chunk i guess before we move on to the next um did you think differently about how something can be written or conveyed spoken or unspoken i know that i liked this i think it's hard to pick apart what makes it um not to be like what makes it good because obviously it's a lot of things but um we discussed a lot about the the dialogue and just that it's so natural and I think that, um, I don't know, giving characters a reason to connect has less to do with, like, their need for each other, I feel like, and more about, like, what they have um, going on with themselves. Like, Not that that's not disconnected, but I feel like having characters that feel human allows them to connect on a human level rather than focusing on, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is what these characters are seeking from each other and whether or not they're getting it. And so I feel like making sure that even the characters that I have not fleshed out just want to feel grounded in a reality. We've seen what can happen when (laughs) we bring more the the other people in. Add the romance. Truly, yeah. (laughs) Somebody else do that. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Were you done with that thought? I was gonna... (laughs) I wasn't that I was gonna make a joke and I was like, no, it's not so James with a grain of salt, I was gonna go, Sarah, <laughs> you're a woman. What are you <laughs> as the token woman here? <laughs> gotta have one. Yeah, that's that's the thought basically. Um <laughs> I 
I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if there's anything that I would change or... I think it's just really well, like... Obviously, I feel like it's really well written, but I feel like, obviously, it was really well casted Mm -hmm. and really well acted that I feel like a lot of it... Like, I think the Ryan could stand alone, but I think, you know, that the fact that it doesn't have to and the fact that it was these two and the way that they mm-hmm. did it was really well. And I think it's just, like, I think it would be interesting. I mean, I have known nothing about casting or, like, but it's, like, it makes me want to learn more about, like, what people look for. And obviously, like, chemistry. I was like, chemistry. But it's, like. I don't know if I could define chemistry in words well, that's kind of as the, well. The point of it, right? Uh, yeah, that's the point, right? But it's like, <laughs> you know, like what are the things to look out for? I think if anything, it's made me think a lot about like how like line delivery and like, you know, like choice. I think t- like what TJ brought up was like, does it help that they're both very attractive? Like, what would it, what would the movie yeah. be if one of them was a bit more plain looking? If anything, also, it's like, I don't know. Obviously, like, I've never lived in Europe. I don't have any of the cultural norms of Europe, nor the 90s. But, like, the fact that, like, this woman would be just be like, yeah, yeah I'll get off on a train with this man I just <laughs> had a 20-minute conversation with is a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like... Um, I think that's so interesting and that like something that I don't think a lot of women would want to do now or anybody um, who could be (laughs) vulnerable to harm and violence. Um, I was going to say something else about that and I can't remember. That's a really, really good point. I was thinking about that while I was watching where it's like, I feel like most people, if you're watching in the years post it coming out, Mm -hmm. like... I cannot imagine that happening or I don't know, like it, it just does not feel like it could work now. Yeah. So I think that's, I don't know, like, obviously like it worked and I think like it was probably like, it seems believable, <laughs> but it's also just like, something like you said like wouldn't work today i can't remember what else i was gonna say about it but like there's also like there is so much faith in him that he's not gonna do anything harmful because like she doesn't have a cell phone she literally says no one knows where i am at one point yes (laughs) and he's like if i'm a psycho you can just get on the next train she's like okay and i'm like well wait if you were like yeah (laughs) she would be dead um, so I just think that is, I can't believe it's another stuff, but it's totally. wild. And that, like, also that, like, I think it would scare a lot of people to not have a place to stay in a mm-hmm. foreign country. And, like, but I also feel like that has to do with the culture of Europe. Like, the, the idea of hostels, you know, as an American seemed very bizarre to mm-hmm. me. That I would just hang out in a room with a bunch of people I don't know. But, like, so I just think culturally, like, there's a lot to or, like, of the time of the place that it takes place in. I don't know what it is, but there are a lot of things that, like, 
that we could employ if we really wanted to, but I think it would have to be done like a lot more yeah. carefully or just simply different than the way that they approach. Yeah, certain concepts of romance specifically, where it's like the idea of getting off on this train with this random person that you just met and wandering around a city all night long and talking <laughs> where you don't necessarily uh-huh. speak the language yeah. i mean like they might speak french it seems probable well clearly but, like, she does and she gets around with a little bit german yeah. but he doesn't speak any other language because he's american <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's very much the fantasy though it's like the idea where he's like uh-huh. oh but if you don't do this you'll wonder about it forever and i think that this movie fulfills the but I'm well i think now more than ever the, people, the longer you know? it ages the more a fantasy it becomes because it becomes even less practical with time and just as the world i don't want to say i don't know if evolves or devolves or what but like the continues yeah it's it becomes less and less practical that that could happen safely right yeah and I think it's also that's why she gets so mad at him when he doesn't believe in like the things like the poem yeah. reader or like the poem. It's like you don't believe that he wrote this poem, but like you believe in romance to a certain extent that you would ask this random woman yeah. to get off on a train. So she's like, this is where you're believing uh-huh. stops. Well, what it, when she says um, <laughs> that she saw a little boy with like these beautiful dreams and how much that can yeah. mask. Um, the other red flags that pop up where she's like well he said this so i don't know yeah no that all go- kind of goes back to the like cynicism of him just being out of a, a bad ending of a relationship to where it's like there are things that he clearly feels really um uh, yeah yeah where things are more sensitive than others i guess I don't know. Um, I feel like I we touched on the sort of behind the camera um, aspects of uh, I don't know. The biggest thing I feel like were the choices of of long shots that I wanted to talk about and scenes that just kind of play out. Um, there's something I wanted to say that I have to think about if someone wants to start saying something before we get into the this last sort of summarizing bit, there was something I feel like I wanted to say, but don't remember now. A little I can bit for a bit while you think about it. <laughs> um, I think that just in terms of like an initial reaction in terms of like not analyzing this movie, it was just so like, you know, I think having had this discussion about it or what parts of the discussion we've had so far, it's very just like, I don't know. I think that the way it both leans into and pushes from the idea of this fantasy, like it's very like, you know, the European dream romantic. It <laughs> would normally say summer, would say 24 hours for this one. But like the discussions are so grounded and universal that it allows like you're allowed to play into this dream without being um uh-huh. without it feeling false because the dialogue is so familiar and if not familiar it's so 
believable, at least from these actors, that I think that it makes it so enjoyable just as like a sit down to watch film because mm-hmm. it, reminds, it it feels so familiar while still fulfilling this idea of something that you haven't totally necessarily experienced to that extent. It's like an extension of um, something that you've already felt or like a way to um, express or see translated. Um, very much like this idea of love, which is obviously so <laughs> artistically uh explored uh, <laughs> overused love. i heard and, of um, it you know down with love <laughs> what's that hobby song <laughs> bad at love oh, i would Ooh. not be able to tell you <laughs> so bad i did did you think um, what you were <laughs> to was just thinking about halsey and i <laughs> I think we should cast her. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Halsey's Jenna. Anyway. Oh my god, we should cast Jenna, the stage manager, as Jenna. She would be a great, like, disinterested gal. Um, (laughs) um, No, okay. So it's my thought is something that kind of summarizes in a way that will segue into the end of this. not in the way that I obviously will go about executing the sentence, but know that going in. <laughs> that was, is the intention. <laughs> um, it's one of those movies where, while it probably isn't the first time that something like this was put out, I think it really kind of raised, both raised the bar set a standard where there's like so many copycats after this like this is such an influential movie for so many reasons um specifically with the i mean it's the whole thing where it's it's just them talking and not that it's such a thing but it's it's one of those so well-timed things where the believability of it works the casting the the where it's set all of these things came together so perfectly at the time that they did for it to work in the way that it did um that puts it it, it's iconic for a reason and it it i think holds up in a lot of ways for um for that reason i don't know um that's kind of, I feel like the main, the main thing. It really exists in a class of its own. It feels like one of those movies that, um, I don't know, just right place, right time. Right but place, it right it, time it feels, feels like it's in its own category, where there are a. a Obviously, there's a lot of movies that are in their own category, but it's one of those ones that is just such an individual thing. I don't know. Um, okay. So as we head into the summarization portion of this episode, um, <laughs> our overall thoughts. And then if anyone has any sort of um, individual notes that were taken that would like to be shared speak now 
or forever wait until the next episode. <laughs> the only note I took was from the poem Sweet Cakes and Milkshakes. So good, I wrote that down as well. <laughs> so sweet. Did I really know? enjoyed the poem. Yeah. I like the poem too. <laughs> I also like that they chose the word milkshake. Yeah, because it could go it could go so many ways. It's just really yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's diverse. Um, we covered most of my, or we covered all of my notes really, but something I, I thought of just a second ago was that in terms of long conversation, it reminds me a lot of this okay. play by Edward Albee, or like two plays by Edward Albee called Home Life and Zoo Story, which are only two characters and go back and forth in a single conversation. Like there's no scene change know nothing and especially on stage like you really don't get even like this architecture of these beautiful shots you're kind of just like you have to be held by these two people mm-hmm. for like this like 60 minute or longer piece and it worked I was really like surprised with how much it works and I think that like for that there was very much like an ebb and flow mm-hmm. of it that made it seem interesting and um I think that's similar here where it's like the way that you keep it exciting aside from like good casting and visuals and whatnot is like the idea of what makes conversations or these you know again keep saying circular conversations so good is the fact that it gives you these themes where you can explore mm-hmm. and express and be like poetic or like indulge in a topic while still coming back to these very like I don't know human uh, themes or like uh, conflicts or communication I don't want to say styles, but just like the things we want to express, like a desire for love uh, and insecurity with self, like having those be a part of the conversation or having those be touchstones for them, I think is something that um, just like, you know, to be noted, I feel like if, if I could instantly show you both the play, I yeah. saw, it would like make more sense in terms of the comparison, but um, it's just like the idea of, yeah what makes that dialogue carry which i don't really have an answer no i think answer it's a to, really big like, just, you know to acknowledge. it's kind of daunting i don't know i i i don't know what makes it work either because there's so many things that go into it where it like you could it just it, it either does or it doesn't a lot of the time i don't know it's weird um i wonder if this would work <laughs> on stage in that same kind of way as you were saying that i was thinking about that how it would translate i don't know if it would as much but i don't know why i don't know i I, the the intimacy i feel like that is here maybe wouldn't be as easily um put on stage i don't know um okay do we have any sort of um takeaways as far as like this is useful this would not be useful as far as research and uh, um, like what can we pull from this? What should we leave behind? Hmm. Um, <laughs> cast hot people. No. <laughs> Back in the days when people us. could have messed um, up teeth on screen <laughs> and it was okay. <laughs> Super time. Uh. But yes, uh, an actual thing to take away would be like, you know, if there was a way to quantify or like a label, what can we learn from this dialogue? I would say that, obviously. Um, but other than that, like, 
I think it's the same sort of like don't fear the long shot, but understanding that like it's not it's yeah. not it's not just yeah. the fact that the shot is long that makes it good. Intent. It's intent. <laughs> it's it's That's always it. intent. What I wrote this down to where it's like mm-hmm. um the answer must be in the attempt. Right? I don't know. Because <laughs> you can you can copy flashy visuals, you can copy really simple visuals, but if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, why do it? Sarah? Uh, <laughs> I think... <laughs> if anything, if, like, with, and since it's been such a reoccurring theme with, like, the with the European um backdrop and like you're like like you said like the the beauty in it that like just because i mean like obviously like america is not quite as culturally architecturally beautiful but like they do exist mm-hmm. out there and that like it or like that especially since like it takes place in this kind of like suburbia like finding mm-hmm. things like like a finding ways to like perhaps make it more enticingly visually I think it's something maybe we can take from like all these like European adventures I think that would be nice um and not so much to this to like where Wes Anderson takes it where it's like his stuff is beautiful it takes place in America but obviously like very artificial Uh but that like there could be some in between it's not a real America yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of his stuff takes place overseas, but something like Rushmore or Bottle Rocket, yeah, Bottle Rocket feels mm-hmm. really grounded. Um, I'll add that to the extension. I've seen the short. I've seen the short. Oh, I have not. The Is moment. the short good? Okay. Yeah, it's a short. <laughs> um, no, I think that's really, yeah, I think that's such a good point. I, I feel like there's such a magic in suburbia that I feel but have yet to at least off the top of my head really see it captured in a way that reflects how I feel about it where it's like you I don't think it's lazy that um so much of maybe it is just a historical thing where so much is tied into the visual landscape of a lot of like European settings um that just is not the same here, but yeah, no, when I think of like, when I think of the suburbs in America, there's just something so like incredible and magical about it that I just don't see reflected. So I think that's gonna be a bit of a daunting task to to pull off, I don't know. Um, Okay. I guess we also kind of talked about um, what we got on repeat viewings. Um, so I guess the last question, what would the Herb Gang think? <laughs> I think Tia likes this movie. I don't know if it's one of her favorites, but I think she likes it. <laughs> he just eats it up. Like, does he get it on like the fullest intellectual level, 
Like, no, but, like, Russ is all about to, like, get on a train with somebody <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just follow them. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> right, literally yeah. the idea of, like, oh, I just met you. Let's spend 24 hours together <laughs> is very episode two of Russ. Um, like, not in the same way. The dynamic is obviously incredibly different. The communication is clearly lacking. But, like, it's very Russ's brand to be like, you know what, sounds like a good well, idea. Well, I think that <laughs> kind of speaks on the charm that Ethan Hawke's character would have to have to be able to pull something like that off, where it's like, for a lot of people, that is so something that is like out of reach, although it may be... I don't want to say desired, but it is that sort of like fantastical thing where you just meet someone and go off and do that. Um, I feel like I had some way to connect that that I'm now forgetting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely part of you it. You are yeah, correct. That's what you were making. Um, but, um... Where that, where it's like, um, <laughs> it's the intention where Russ would go in and it's, it's whether the, whether the intention is received in the way that it is intended, that doesn't make sense. Whether the, whether, whether the invitation and, um, uh, Delivering of oneself, yes, is accepted by the other Acceptance party. Like, yeah, Russ would go into it and be like, "Oh yeah," but then it would, it, like, I don't, I don't feel like anything Jesse <laughs> did necessarily is inherently. Mm, that feels too broad of a thing to say, but a lot of it does not feel inherently malicious or. <laughs> Like he's not going into it like as we've mm -hmm. talked about with the layers of cynicism that he is coming from like he's fairly honest throughout the whole thing and like open and sensitive to it and Russ is very much a different person but it's the same thing where it's like you go into it and it's this very sort of like emotional um like uh what's the word like this just quick trigger sort of like like <laughs> i don't want to say no thought, but like you just could you 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 feel it and you do it whirlwind <laughs> where there's so fear there yeah but i think you make a good point or like um just something that sort of clicked for me but it's like the honesty is the thing that makes these actions that would otherwise be like concerning yeah. charming and or like positive at least it's starting out positive it's like if this character didn't feel honest mm -hmm. none of these decisions would make sense or none of them would feel um mm -hmm. like worth following i guess i have no idea what um how i would think i'm thinking it would be so fun to have little like <laughs> um whatever dvds i have that are on this list or like posters things like that to to hide within to acknowledge that we watched all these and did this <laughs> would be really fun. Or just to certain allusions to, um, I don't know, scenes in these movies or just, I don't know, even if they're not direct, even if they are, I don't know. So many things we can do. Mm -hmm. 
And there you have it. Sweet. Please take off your heteronormativity goggles. We are going back <laughs> to Homo Land. Take off your. <laughs> Put on your. Uh, or start your gaydars. Um... Fire them up. <laughs> Was, was like a, a lawnmower whistle. <laughs> that was good. For all the patrons, uh, subscribe so you can see what TJ just did. <laughs> the Twitchies and the patrons. Who does the outro? Is there one? <laughs> Bye. I believe there's sort of like a Bye. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's say goodbye. goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye. And then later. <laughs>